0: Good morning, my name is Matt, I am privileged to be an elder here at Calvary Church and privileged to be sharing with you from the word on Father's Day. So happy Father's Day and I'm going to do my very best dad joke. Hopefully I don't fall down while doing this because I'm not a joke teller. But we're going to try. So as is my profession at the current time, There was two COs, which are conservation officers, attending to a deer that had been shot on a dirt road way far from society. And so you can't just shoot a deer and leave it there. That's not that's not how you do it. That's not acceptable. All right, you gotta claim it, you gotta have a tag, you gotta have all this stuff. So there's two COs talking about well, we need to find out who shot this deer. And so the one guy who's wise and knows the people of the town says to the other uh, conservation officer, I've got it. I know who shot this deer. It was the pastor. And so the one guy says, well, why was it the pastor? Well, you can see the shot went through one ear and out the other. (laughs) Don't let that be you today. Officially, I'm not titled a pastor, so we'll be fine. That's going to be the most lighthearted thing I have to say today, so I've got to get it out of the way. All right, let's pray together. Let's invite the Lord to have this time and have our minds and have our hearts. Heavenly Father, we are so in need of you. We're in need of your Holy Spirit that talks to us, that explains hard things to us, that makes them clear, and that plants them in our hearts and our minds, and brings about change, lasting change. We are all in need of a clearer mind, of a lighter heart, and on greater truth to stand on. And so God... Would you do all that you can do that that would happen? Would you use every word, every scripture, every story, every pause for your glory, in your power, for our good, for our restoration? We pray this in your name. Amen. So it is Father's Day, and as Elmer Elmore alluded to, Father's Day... Involves many different people. Because in the state of the world, we don't all have that father that we're looking for. Not everybody has that. If you do, you should be very thankful and you should give glory to God. And, and even that is just going to be a taste of what it could and should have been. And that's okay. And that's okay. And so I want to talk a little bit about dads but I want to talk a lot about our father and I think I've said it before the world can make peace with a lot of Christian things can I, can I ask God to, to do something for you yeah that's, that's cool right and then we're okay with spirituality but, but then Jesus that's a tougher one we've mentioned that In the category of Jesus being a tougher one, God as our Father is also a tough sell. That's a tough sell in the world because we've seen so many examples and we think, well, either I have no idea what that means and I'm not interested, or I have too much idea what that means and I'm not interested. Those are extreme cases we also have dads, as I've said, who have. Like, think of what this is a dad. You, you, so the son is saying to the dad, y- "You mean God is my father? Like, like you're my father? Like He treats me just way better than you treat me? Yeah. Think if you could have that picture, son. I want I want to introduce you to God. I want you to give Him your heart." I want, to get, I want you to give him your mind. I want you to give him your life. I want you to lay down all these other things. But don't worry. He's just like me. And your son and daughter go, yeah, that, 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 that sounds good. That, that's all I kind of need. I could take the jump from there. Like, think of the testimony. And we all have that in our story. Whether it's happened now or not. We all can have that testimony where our life can be an example of the Father heart of God. And it can be attractive to other people. That's great. That's great. Let's get into the word, if we could, lost and found. Isn't that that neat? The O goes from the lost into the found. That's just brilliant. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, you. I'm the only one entertained by it, so that's fine. (laughs) Okay, so this is the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to talk very little about the son, because I'm really excited about the father. But this is the story about the prodigal son, Luke 15, and I'm going to read it for us. I only have the middle section on for all of us here, but I'm going to start from verse 11 if you want to follow along. The parable of the prodigal son. Jesus liked to tell parables. If you don't know what a parable is, Jesus liked to tell stories that had kind of really relatable things happen in them that everyday people understood. Farming, relationships with parents, money. But he always told them to tell a much greater story about something from the kingdom of God. He wanted to take these down-to-earth stories... Make them something that people could understand, but they alluded to the greater. To the thing that maybe by itself wasn't easy to understand. And so remember that when, I, when, we, when we read a parable, when we talk about a parable, Jesus is telling them something plain, but he's alluding to something so much greater. This is the story of the parable, son, I'm going to read from verse 11. And he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. So he wanted his inheritance early. He said, Dad, I don't want to wait till you die. I know something's coming to me, and I don't want to wait for it. I want your stuff now, because I want to go my own way. That is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. The dad did it. Not many days later, predictably, the younger son gathered all that he had. And took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Big surprise. <laughs> they, have, they have stats out there that, in, that that an inheritance is one of the easiest things to lose. And generational wealth hardly ever lasts to the third generation. See, all these people um, in society saying, we're building generational wealth. Well, 90% of the time, generational wealth is gone by your grandchildren. It actually is a good plug to say, I'm going to store up all my treasures in heaven. But I digress. The younger son gathered all that he had, took a journey to a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in the country. Coincidence or not. And he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to be one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. So... We see this all the time in society, how far people fall. And we think, where is the bottom going to be for this person who's been so high and has now fallen so far? And we often pray, God, help them to find the bottom. And I pray that it would be only as painful as it needs to be. And that they wouldn't bounce too hard when they hit it. This guy fell really far. To be feeding pigs in a foreign country, probably a non-Jewish country, that's, that's far. That's playing, no. F- that's far. <laughs> Maybe not, it could have been a good joke. <laughs> and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. And so this guy, in, in a very short period of time, experienced all of the flavors of life and ended with the very sourest taste in his mouth. This is important as we think about the sun a little bit because it will illuminate the, 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 the crazy love of the Father. Because this son's done himself no favors. I imagine, I imagine when a son goes to a father and says, Yes, you're still alive. Yes, we have a good business. But no, I don't want any of that. I just want your stuff. And then I'm going to take off. I imagine that the father could take that personally. And that could be considered a fairly big wedge in their relationship. That would be a hurt that might be hard to come back from. These parables are so wonderful because it's simple and yet it tells us a bigger story. Because shocker, we've all spent our days as a prodigal son and daughter. Maybe it hasn't been very flashy. Maybe it's been kind of subtle and under the surface. But we've all been distant from God. We've all made a pretty big mess of it. And we'd all squandered His goodness. Not a super downer, it's just the truth. And it's not the end of our story, which is so wonderful. Because the Father, my goodness. Verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Where do we go from down? Where do we go when our back's against the wall? Where do you go from the cellar? Where do you go when you've made a real mess of your life? Where do you go? People are stuck all the time. People get stuck in the mess that they've made or that's been made for them. They get stuck and they don't know where to go. we got a highway right here. I will arise and go to my Father. And I will say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. If you're stuck today, that's your script out of there today. Luke fifteen, chapter chapter fifteen, verses eighteen and nineteen. Write that on your hand if you don't have a Bible. And when you are stuck, when you've made such a mess that you don't know where to go, this is your script home. I'm gonna get up, and I'm gonna go to my father. And I'm going to tell him what I've done. And I'm going to be humbled. That's your whole job. It could be a big job sometimes, but... And he arose and came to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. So... Just, just remember, everything that the son had done, he, he had said, dad, you're, you're dead to me. Really. In Aramaic Hebrew, he would have said, you're dead to me. I, I want nothing more to do with you. The only interest I had, I'm willing to spend, but I'm done with this family. That's pretty bad. The Bible gives us some really bad stories sometimes so that maybe we can feel a little bit more courageous about going to God with ours. His his dad didn't even hear his confession before he came running. The son confessed to himself And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. His father threw it all out. Threw it all out. An occupational hazard for me is that sometimes I add a bit of, I take my work seriously, so I like to add some of me, to the product. <laughs> Everyone's returning their undermeat steaks now. It wasn't the steaks, don't worry. The pork chops. I'm just kidding. So, I, 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 sometimes I like to, to give of myself a little too much. And then, then I have to take care of that. And I, and I had a cut that was, it took seven hours. It's pretty good. For it to close, it's either really good or my clotting ability is not so good. (laughs) All right. But I got the pleasure of going to the emergency room. You guys should all pray for me because, like, that's hard, right? Like, the emergency room is hard. And I went to the good one and they weren't taking anybody. So then I thought I might go to the other good one, but I'll see. And so then I stopped at a different one. <laughs> that, that's, that's great. And and it looked really promising, and then it wasn't because things happen. And I got to thinking. I said, I'm gonna redeem, I'm gonna redeem this time. I'm not gonna be on my phone, I'm gonna redeem this time. I'm gonna get into my sermon while I have all this time. And the beautiful thing with This father, who's just willing to take his son back, is that he's the direct opposite of the waiting room. God is the direct opposite of every waiting room who may see you, who may make time for you, who may make much of your uh, injury or not, who may send you away, there's no guarantees when you go in there to be seen. There are no guarantees of anything. And and the father in this story who represents God the Father himself says, "Try and hold me back from somebody who is coming to get my help." There are zero wait times. There are zero doors, there are zero gowns. There are zero face masks. There are no more waiting in a separate waiting room, which gives you false hope. God is energized fully to embrace his children. And he just wants a little bit from you. He just wants a part of you that says, I have made such a royal mess of my situation, and I have nowhere else to go, and God is saying, "Yes, now you're you're so close." And He said, "Try and hold me back from loving you and meeting you and healing you." It's He's so good, and Father is. It can be such a scary word for people. And then then we're we're shorthanded. We're lame when we can't embrace God that way. Because he's made us to be fathered. Father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. The son said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Yeah. Good. Like, he had perfect theology at that point. I'm not worthy of the relationship of you as my father. Perfect. That's perfect theology. You don't have to read any theologian books from this point on unless you want to just add to it. For us to say, God, I, I, I don't know what you as a father means. I didn't have a good example. In fact, I had a negative example. But something in me says, I need to be fathered. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know how to get it. And I'm pretty sure I'm not eligible anyway. And he goes, yes, perfect, I'll do the rest. We don't wait. Quickly bring the best robe and put it on him. I'm going to honor you. You've done nothing to deserve it. And I'm going to honor you. Put a ring on his hand. Two shoes on his feet. Three. And the best part, the fattened calf. Four. I'm going to make. You've done nothing. Nothing to deserve this. You have severed my relationship against my will. And you're willing to grovel back. You're willing to come back with just a shred of humility. And I can't hold any of it back. I'm coming for you. I cannot wait. And I'm ready to honor you in all the ways that you feel so unworthy. That's hard. Like, I feel for everybody right now because what I'm saying is hard. It's hard for God to love us that way. We don't do well with that. It took me many years to even be able to accept that God might want to be a dad to me. I was so used to not having one. I didn't even know what that meant. found this just gem. Jeremiah, the pro- we're reading the prophets as um, a young adults group. Not a youth group. Young adults group. I've made the mistake before. And they are just some of the best young adults in the world. It's my plug for young adults. The leaders are great too. Greg and Michelle, <laughs> right? But we've been in the prophets and we think, we think that God is angry in the Old Testament. That's why we don't want to read it. In fact, it created so much stir in the early church that they some sects of believers were willing to say, we're we're excluding the Old Testament in our religious beliefs because God's too harsh, He's too angry. Yes and no, God is too loving. He shows His father heart in the Old Testament as He grieves. Perfectly for his people who cannot stand to have him as a father. Jeremiah 3. I said how I would set you among my sons. This is God. And give you a pleasant land. A heritage most beautiful of all the nations. And I thought you would call me my father. And it, it just it didn't translate to the people. And so much, so much anger of God is is the same anger you would feel as a parent with, with a child that cannot receive you as a mother or father. I'm, I'm a little i'm a little passionate about this but it's it's all good like we we got we're foster- we're foster family and we got a new child this weekend little girl and uh she never had a dad it's never and she, she, she probably doesn't even know what a dad is. Like, I'm so sorry if that's your story. I'm so sorry. And it can be so confusing when people talk about things that you just have no words for. But, but God just impressed on me a little bit this weekend. It's like, I'm burning for this child and she cannot understand or accept. She's not ready to be fathered. So it's like I got to I got to rein it back and then come to church and get all crazy. But like, like (sighs) this is God in our relationship. She's saying, I have so much more for you. I have so much more, and you can't—you can't stomach it. You can't sit long enough. You can't concentrate. You can't block out the other things, and I'm just smouldering for you. And and so we think, well, God's not growing me. He's—why why is He? Why is he far away? Why is he, why is he not teaching me? He's not training me. I'm not getting more gifts. And he's saying, I've got to wait for you to catch up. Because you can't, you can't stomach. You can't handle what I have for you. My fathering heart for you was perfect. But it's not for the faint of heart. And again, I understand this is a sensitive subject. But why can't we be further adopted by God as legitimate children on Father's Day? And you say, well, I'm not ready for that. I, I, I'm not there. I haven't done enough. That's good. But phrase that in a way that you're just bringing that to God. That's the way to Him. That's where we start. That's that's the, the kid that got it so wrong and did so much to hurt his dad. But the thing he got right was saying, okay, I didn't do a very good job. and And I need to take the hands off because... I don't think I'm able to do this. And I definitely can't fix it. For for us to say God. I don't know what you being a dad means. And I really am not happy about the dad that I had. Or I had a pretty stable dad. And it was just like. Eh, right. But. But. The story of the son with the father is meant to show us that the, it's a hair trigger with God. He's constantly ready to lovingly pounce. That's an aggressive word. <laughs> I might have turned some people off there. They're like, okay, yeah, God could be my father. That's nice. But he's going to pounce. I'm out. So don't. Let's go backwards. Okay. Pounce is aggressive. I'm all charged up. My daughter won't let me love her yet. Hairline trigger. My goodness. My goodness. Huh. Preached a couple weeks ago about like the love of Jesus comes on you and then you then you don't want to like trip people out by like getting all weird around them. Big long stare. God, as the loving Father that He is, says, Okay, this is going to be hard for you. Your very heart yearns for what I want to give you. I am the key to the painful lock that you cannot do anything about. I am the answer. I'm the absolute way. And it's going to be hard for you. And in fact, it's going to be impossible for you. But, like the loving Father that I am, I have taken care of all of the details. So that you simply need to remain in the place saying, I got nothing, God. Do you... It's, it's that simple today. God might even accept like, I, I don't know. I, I. And that sounds juvenile. And maybe it sounds, okay, he's making it too easy. But God is made to save you. To embrace you. To heal you. To receive you as far more than your actions, your mentality, or your life has deserved. So he brings more help. Galatians chapter 4. In the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved... To the elementary principles of the world. So before we believed in God. We thought the world's ideas. Mentalities and structures were the way to go. We liked them. We believed in them. And we worked with it. This is how we get around in life. But when the fullness of time had come. God sent forth his son. God is not simply just waiting for you to respond. He's sending out things to help you respond. God is not just sitting there going, Okay, I'm not moving. But if my children, who I love more than they can even fathom, come to me and sit at my feet and tell me they've screwed it up, I will heal them and give them all of the fatherly affection they've never had. And over the next six or seven hundred years, begin to even show them what that means. That would be a little passive. And still, so wonderful if all he said is, if if you could crawl here, that's going to be all I need. But God sends out that very heart, first through Jesus, his son, and, and... and still God, again, we could talk about that, to a world that didn't want him, wasn't ready for him, and really wasn't interested in what he had to say. They showed that by killing him, right? And 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 still that was part of the plan. So God said, I'm not going to wait for them to come to me. I'm going to send myself in my son To bring them. And then Jesus says, my time is going to be up. I've given you three years. Which, if if Jesus gives you three years, that's a lot. Alright? I've given you the three years. But now, Jesus says, I'm going to send my spirit. Who somehow, big mystery, is even better for you than me being with you. So God hasn't just sat there and thought, if, if, if they could figure it out, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal them. I'm going to adopt them. And they're going to feel peace in their souls. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that he might, we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. So if God sent himself in Jesus. And if we believe that that was God's son. That he came on God's uh, prompting for our good. And if we simply admit. God I can't do it on my own. I need you to do it for me. And I think Jesus is the way that you'll do that. We have now in a, in a spiritual way. That cannot be undone. Be considered sons and daughters of God. If the Bible is true, that's what it says. If it's true. So this this is where the fight is. Do we believe what's true? Or do we believe what we feel? That's a big fight. That is a big fight. But do we believe what's true... Through faith in Jesus, you become heirs, legitimate sons and daughters of God. Or, my dad didn't love me, my mom was a wreck, they left when I was young, foster homes sucked, and on and on and on. And we have badges that prove that badges of I am unlovable, that I am alone, that I am abandoned. Lone wolf. People like, to, people like to spruce it up by saying, I'm a lone wolf. It's my choice. It's my choice that I'm alone. How's that working out for you? God didn't make us to be alone. And he didn't make us to not know his fatherly love, regardless of our situations. So if the Bible is true, We can believe that over our feelings and over the things we accuse ourselves of. Because we're constantly reminding ourselves, constantly reminding ourselves that of these things that life has shown us that that are straight lies and are poisoning your very existence. I should know, I'm kind of an expert in them. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman. Born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption. Adoption is completely legitimate. It's not, you're staying there. It's not, it's, you're there. And because you were sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. When Jesus came, when he sent the Holy Spirit, when he died for our sins, he got rid of every obstacle to our being legitimately for life, regardless of all your emotions and thoughts, to be sons and and daughters fully embraced whole to God our Father. He cleared every obstacle from the hole in your heart, the locked box that cannot be opened, the pain and the stains and the disbeliefs that you'll never be good enough, never have it, never get it, that your plight in life will just not allow you to be embraced in a real family. And so the only obstacle becomes, are we willing to embrace who we are and who God is? Are we willing to come as the prodigal son to God and say, I've really made a mess of my life. I don't know you, and I, and I think I want to. And I'm not even sure, but, but could you help me with even thinking that I want to? We think of absolutes in prayer. We think that our prayer has to be all cut and dry. I will only ask God for help when I know exactly what to ask Him for. God is very pleased if our first prayer is, I don't believe you exist, but I sure would like to. Or I don't believe that anyone could ever really love me. And so I can't embrace that you really love me. But I sure would like to. If that is the only prayer you can muster today. He's just so ready to meet you in that. He's so ready to answer He's so ready to embrace you as sons and daughters, legitimately sons and daughters. And it has nothing to do with what you've done and everything to do with just a crazy love that God has for his people. It's who he is. He doesn't turn it on and off. It's just who he is. So honor your dads today. Honor them because God gave you dads. Honor the good in them regardless of how hard you have to look. There's something good in all of our dads. Honor the spiritual dads around you that have taken time and energy to love you. And to remind you regularly that God has every answer and every desire to care for you and heal you. To bring you back to Himself. Wives, honor the men that are called husbands and fathers in your life. Take the time to find God's image in them and speak life into that thing. Kids, if at all possible, allow yourself to be bonded to the father that you have because it's just so good for your soul. There are not a lot of kids in here. You know who you are. Kids who have parents. Young adults who have parents. God has made us to be united to our parents. To be close with them, to know them, to trust them. And our soul is glad when we have that. And so it's an important thing for us to pursue, if at all possible. So the band is going to come up. And ultimately today the big idea is this. The Bible is true and is said quite clearly through Jesus who has it on really good authority. He called God his Father 150 times in the New Testament. The referral of God as the Father in the Old Testament was only 15 times. And he doubled that in saying that God was our Father. So it's on pretty good authority. That that we can know God as our Father. Whatever is hindering you in that way is not worth it. And I speak from pretty good uh, knowledge that it really is that simple, that the first step to real healing that we never thought we deserved or eligible were for comes from just the simple embrace. That God is for you. He is with you. He loves you. And he is a dad that you can trust your life with. There will be work. I'm sure there were a lot of conversations with that son that came back. Before uh, things were all settled. But the embrace is non-negotiable. And the only way is up. When you get that father embrace from God. And he's just on the edge of his seat, ready to embrace you. So whatever is is in the way of that, come talk to somebody. We want to pray for you. You can find real hope and freedom this morning. Real hope, real freedom, real truth, and a real embrace that's going to start your life on a completely new path. Thank you.